Let us turn again in the word of God to the gospel according to John chapter 18. And reading again at verse 7. Then asked he them again, whom seek ye? And they answered, and they said, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus answered, I have told you that I am he. If therefore ye seek me, let these go their way. Considering in particular, as the Lord is pleased to enable us, if therefore ye seek me, let these go their way. His hour had now come. He had prepared for it in Gethsemane. We read in verse 4, he knew all things that should come upon him. They were coming for him, but he rose to meet them. He continued in his mission, which was to fulfill all righteousness. Not only the keeping of the law on behalf of his people, but also suffering the penalty, the full penalty of the law on behalf of his people. And it's significant that it's the representatives of the law that came to arrest him. The representatives of the law, they were here to arrest him. And he was expecting them. And he didn't resist them. He was heading for a higher tribunal than that of Pilate or Caiaphas. And this is how he greeted them. Jesus answered, I have told you that I am he. If therefore ye seek me, let these go their way. The great exchange, the one for the many. And Caiaphas strangely had said that already. Verse 14, it was expedient that one man should die for the people. Now, first of all, what we see here is a manifestation of Christ's glory. It was only momentary, but it was very real. You'll notice that the word he is in inverted commas. I have told you that I am he. That is the language of divinity. This is the same person who spoke to Moses from the bush. I am. And when they heard that, they went backward. They fell to the ground. They recoiled. You see, this wasn't the plea of a prisoner. This was the command of a king. If therefore ye seek me, let these go their way. We read that where the word of a king is, there is power. Now, friends, we have the word. 
What we pray for is the power, because that is sadly missing these days. There was a calmness here, a majestic calmness. This would have been an opportunity to have escaped, of course, but he chose not to. He asked them twice, whom are you seeking? And his answer showed that he was more than just uh, a man. He put himself under their arrest. He permitted them to lead him away, like the scapegoat. They recoiled. Notice how the Lord comes between his enemies and his disciples' enemies. They were not arrested. They arrested Christ. And it shows you how voluntarily he consented to be under the arrest of the law of which they were the representatives. Now, they recoiled. They had a, a sense of God's presence here. And yet, they felt the presence of God, but they shrugged it off. They didn't bow down and worship him and call upon him. They shrugged it off. And they got on with the arrest. Now that still happens. There are many who are given a sense of God's presence. But it doesn't have a saving effect on them. They shrug it off. Twenty years ago, there was a woman who went for a scan. And it looked as if she had cancer. And she prayed to God that God would deliver her. And she was singing the Psalms and she was attending church. Two months later, a biopsy showed that she was clear. It was a false alarm. And suddenly the Psalm singing and the attendance on church stopped. And yet she had an answer to her prayer. A sense of God's intervention. But she continued as before. And so did these men. And they were face to face with the son of God. They heard his words. They felt his power. And they shrugged it off. Now people might say, well... We never had an intervention from God. But surely you've had prayers which have been answered in some way. And it's not a case of praying for some sign and some great wonder. The very fact that you're alive today shows that God's power has gone forth in your life. The fact that he is keeping you alive. The unbeliever doesn't seem to realize 
that Satan has been out to destroy them from their birth. If he cannot delude a sinner, if he sees that they are even seeking, that they have a, a sense of divinity somewhere, then he will try to destroy that person before they have any opportunity to close with Christ. Now, surely that is an intervention of God on your behalf. Keeps you alive. Sometimes you've had a near thing, a near miss, an acute deliverance from something. You were shocked, you were trembling, but it wore off, you see. You didn't close with the person who did it for you. And yet you have had prayers answered. This was a manifestation of the glory of Christ. Rather like at the transfiguration. In heaven, it is constant. There's no mistake. But you see how it left them more guilty than before. They had met him. They had heard him. They felt his divine presence. And they shrugged it off. Secondly, by these words, if therefore ye seek me, that these go their way. We see Christ's consent, his voluntariness to be the, the substitute to suffer on behalf of these. These, he said. Let these go their way. He would be taken while they were allowed to go free. Now, the gospel is all about substitutionary atonement. The just dying for the unjust. And surely this is an example. They were seeking him, an innocent person. The just. And he put himself forward. He came between the law representatives and his disciples. He would take the punishment. He would be arrested and hailed to the tribunal instead of them. Substitutionary suffering. And he stood there patiently. He wasn't arrested because he was too weak for them. No, he was arrested because his love and his pity was too great for them. Remember, it wasn't the nails that held him on the cross. He was like the ram caught in the thicket, the substitute for Isaac. And it was love for his father and love for his people that held him on that cross. And he stayed there until it was finished. Then he could come down. He could have passed through them and escaped as he had done before. But no, he drew their attention away from his disciples to himself. He was like the high priest, remember, in the time of the plague. 
He stood between the living and the dead. He was their shield. They were behind him. And if you are behind him, if you are following him, you are behind him. If you are following him, it's because you trust him. You don't follow someone you don't trust. And he said, fear not, Abraham. I am thy shield and I am thy exceeding great reward. He stands in front of his disciples. Not them, but himself. If therefore ye seek me, let these go their way. Now we see it in the example of the ram substituting for Isaac. We also see it in the way that Judah volunteered to be surety for Benjamin. He said, I will bring him home to you. He would be held accountable. And the father laid this responsibility upon his son to bring his people home. And he said he would not lose them. Verse 9. Oh, they would be weak and cowardly, and that night they certainly were. But it's like Peter. I have prayed for thee that thy faith fail not. He came into this world by choice, and he knew he was coming to die. But his love for his father and for his people constrained him. And in the midst of all their misery and guiltiness and failures, the words still echoed, Lo, I come. In the volume of the book, it is written of me. And the sinner also echoes that. When the sinner is made willing in a day of God's power, the sinner says also, Lo, I come too. And there is a blessed meeting. Christ is our surety, our substitute. A willing sacrifice for us. He didn't take away his life. He said, I have power to lay it down. I have power to take it again. No man takes my life from me, he said. But this commandment I have received from my father. He was willing to die as a substitute, a surety, a guarantor for the safety, the eternal security of his people. I am, he said, more than a man. If therefore ye seek me, let these go their way. The just for the unjust. Sometimes when you're in the dungeon, almost on the edge of despair, like John the Baptist, this is what you have to remember. That Christ came into this world to do a specific work. And he has done it. And he did it alone. They were to take him away alone. 
no one else. He suffers in order to save. He saved others, but himself he could not save, they said. He could not save himself if he was to save others. If ye, if therefore ye seek me, let these go their way. And he must die alone. Some things are too holy to handle. And this is one of them, the, the depths of the loneliness of the suffering of Christ. He said, was there ever sorrow like unto my sorrow? The heart knows its own bitterness. We do not know the extent of his sufferings. Many of them were unknown sufferings. We do not know fully what sin deserves, but he knew. And in love, he said, the cup which my father has given me, shall I not drink it? It isn't just to the representatives of the law, he says this. It is to the law and to justice. If you seek me to the law, let these go. He says to justice, if you seek me, let these go. He says to Satan, if you seek me, let these go. He says to death, if you seek me, let these go. The law must release us from our obligation to the covenant of works because there's another covenant, a covenant of grace. Satan must release his grip upon us and sin must release her dominion upon us. No more slaves of sin, rather fighters against it. This is the one upon whom, upon whom the Father laid help, a mighty one, the son of David and the son of God. And it's rather like what David said, that he delivered the sheep from the paw of the bear and the lamb from the, the mouth of the lion. And Christ has taken us out of the jaws of sin and death. He stood between the living and the dead, like the high priest. He is the shield of his people. That's what Isaiah is saying in Isaiah chapter 12. He said, O Lord, thou wast angry with me, but thine anger is turned away. How did it turn away from those who deserved it? Someone came in between. Fear not, Abraham. I am thy shield. And we hide behind Christ. David says, I flee to thee to cover me. One is taken so that many go free. 
His love was willing. His death was voluntary. Let these go their way, he said. He said earlier that evening, ye are they who have continued with me in my temptations. And he was thankful for that. But now he must go on alone. Only he could go to that middle cross to save others. The loneliness of Christ in his sufferings. And yet, the father could say, this is my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased. Now, thirdly, he provided care for his people. They led him away, but he still cared for his people and watched over them. There's a reference to that in verse 9. But we also read this evening in Zechariah 13. That when the shepherd would be smitten, yes, the sheep, the flock would be scattered. But the father said, I will turn my hand upon them. The father would have his hand upon them. He would take care of them as well as the Son and the Holy Spirit. We read this in John 10. None can pluck them out of my hands or my Father's hand, he said. The law must let them go. Christ gives them immunity and the Father will care for them while the Son is arrested. Yes, there was a lot of failure and weakness that night, but he knew that. And his people are not perfect, but his care is. In Psalm 89, we read that although they provoke him and turn away from him, draw back in unfaithfulness, yet he says, I will not take my love from him. Those who are loved by Christ are loved forever. Those who are given grace have grace forever. He says, let these go their way. Now, what was their way? Their way was to wait for Christ. Confession of sin, no doubt, but they prayed to Christ and Christ whose God and man continued to care for them. Indeed, he was the one that restored them back to the right way. And this way they were on, well, it's a way of triumph. They're still behind him. They still follow him. At this point, like Peter, a bit far off, but they would be drawn near again. He was still their shepherd, and despite all their failings, they could still say, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. And it was a deeply penitent man who said that, not a perfect man. Their way will lead to an inheritance, to heaven, to be with him, 
who loved them and gave himself for them. Their way was to receive all the benefits of what Christ was doing here and hereafter. Our response to this is to say with David, my times are in thy hand. I will turn my hand upon the little ones, he said. Feelings of failure, but still in God's hands. They knew they didn't deserve it, neither do we, but how they loved him for it. That despite all their failings and weaknesses, his love never wavered. His faithfulness never came short. Now, we, like the disciples here, we are surrounded by enemies in every age, every place. But these enemies of Christ here, they are all subject to the power of Christ as king. Just like Judas and the the soldiers here, they could do so much. Thus far, no further. That is what the Lord says to his enemies. We are to flee to him because we read that he is our refuge from the storm and a covert from the tempest. So to sum up, here we have a manifestation of the glory, majesty, power, patience of the Lord Jesus. Secondly, we see how he steps in front of his people to take the condemnation and the suffering which they deserved. And thirdly, we see his loving care. That even when he was led away to be crucified, he was still watching over them. In these details, you see how Christ has made the way to heaven for sinners. And why he can say, follow me. The door has been opened for sinners. Now, it's all because of him that sinners are saved. Is anyone going to say they can do it alone? They can get to heaven by their own strength, efforts, works, faithfulness. No, as the old poem said, all the fitness he requireth is to feel your need of him. The spirit must empty you of all trust except in him. There must be a day of God's power. And then you will be willing to close with him. You have seen what he has done. And do you not love him for it? If you do, you will love him for who he is. As it's because of who he is that he has done what he has done. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. 
And may the Lord give all grace to do just that. And may he bless his word to us. Let us pray. Lord, bless and pity us. Shine on us with thy face. Enable us to walk in the light. And may the light of thy countenance give us faith, hope, love, comfort, help in time of need. We pray for all those who still see no beauty in Christ, that they should desire him. When he is the brightness of the Father's glory, the beloved of the Father, of the Spirit, and of his people. Blessed art thou. Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. And blessed are they who have come to him, trusting in that name, Christ Jesus. Amen.